If you could come back as any dead person, who would you come back as? Malcolm X. Michael Jackson. Kim Kardashian. Tupac. She's not even dead. <laughs> She's like, oh, wait, okay. God damn. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Strange Flavors. This is brought to you by Aleph Theory. My name is Faraz. I'm Danny. I'm Rashad, aka the Sauce Kid. I'm Brandon. No, no uh, special <laughs> name today. Nah. You didn't change your name for the fiftieth time. Hey, that's what you gotta do sometimes. Um, I want to open up with some sad news, guys. Did you hear that um, Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park has passed away? Yes, yes sir. Uh, apparently, he committed suicide, according to TMZ. Did you guys, were you guys fans of Linkin Park? Yeah, his older music. I, it's got kind of emo. I went I've heard uh, time from time. Yeah. I never no. listen. No. Um, the ending of Transformers, you know. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of uh, my friends and a lot of different people that were around our age group, like, grew up on Linkin Park. And so, you know, this guy made some songs that really, really stuck with people and they helped... Um, a lot of different people out in their lives going through things and everything and it kind of sucks that like he ended this way so hopefully like anybody that he helped out like psychologically doesn't see this as like you know an escape for themselves but you know it's again like when artists pass away like that i think they should be celebrated because he did make some awesome music so yeah um somebody printing something so if you want to email us email us at strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com um, you can send us your music there. Give us a like on Facebook. We're Strange Flavors. And um, be sure to leave us a review on the podcast app. How has everybody been? I turned 20. You turned 20? Yep, unfortunately. Oh, that's right. That's right. How does it feel? Terrible. Why? Why is everything so terrible with you? <laughs> Every birthday was just like, yeah, and 20. Oh, my God. Is, is it because it's awkward? Because it's like you're going to be. My teens are over. Yeah, your teens are over. It sucks. I cried, dude. Did not you, gonna lie. Really? We were in a restaurant. I cried. Who? Me. No, but like, who were you with? My parents. They cried too. We were all crying in the restaurant. All you can eat. You just like broke out, like. It's like, I'm dude, this now. is some BS, man. And I cried. It only gets worse. <laughs> I know. D- does anybody think this is weird? Besides me. <laughs> Why bit. were you crying? Because. Uh, who, who went 20? No, but like you were just in a restaurant and you're just like, you just <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking randomly? about all, all the past stuff that used to be a kid and now, you know, this is. Some... And then your parents, like, yeah. Sorry, Why do you think that's so weird? <laughs> I, don't know. I do I mean, that that's all the cute. time. <laughs> it's very cute. It's very, sounds very emotional. Is, sounds. I still can't believe it. This is some weird stuff. I think I was just like working when I was, when I turned 20 yeah. and I was like, ah, nice. All right. They have two decades already, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've I, never... I can't even remember two years ago. Do you, are you big on your birthday? His... Like, celebrating it and stuff? No. This guy has a birthday week. Rashad already Do had his birthday, birthday week. Yeah, but he did, like, the birthday week. Oh, birthday weekend. Birthday, oh, birthday oh, weekend. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm asking. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm not like that. So you just go out with the parents and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much, like... My parents always want to do that. Like, let's take you out for your birthday, and then, like, I don't like celebrating it or anything. Why? It's so important. It's like why is it important? Cause that's when you were like born, and that's the time. It's important where... for maybe your parents, but 
No, it's your life. Like you are a little cell that grew to be 20 years old. You know, but I mean, that's it important. depends how you like mark significant moments in your life. Like, hey, I achieved something. This is a big moment for me versus Being like, oh, I turned 21. <laughs> All right. Like, I feel like, you know, when you go through something, you go through a change or you do something significant or like just something happens to you. That's when you should celebrate something you know what i mean like yeah like like graduations and stuff like that i'm not i love celebrating my friends birthdays like i love throwing friends surprise parties and stuff but for myself i'm like i really don't feel like doing anything like i when's your birthday i don't want to say it why Why? just say it because i don't want to say it (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't need i don't need people to know when my birthday is i'll I'll find out one way or another you can't it's nowhere it's not listed anywhere facts i got people (laughs) you got snapchat that's it that's all you got I got information um so i just got back from texas 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 is an awesome state anybody been there i would nope. never want to go why so- <laughs> southern <laughs> like states. negative nancy over here In texas oh god what have you ever been there one no how can you say that then i don't want to go how can you say i would texas only go to texas if i was like on tour for a split second in this what do you buy. think what do you think is in texas <laughs> Cows and Jerry Jones. No. Cows and no. Jerry Jones. Okay. That's, that's no. all you need to know. Texas. Texas is a beautiful, big state. So we were in Dallas, Austin, and Houston. Austin was probably my favorite. It was, like, super artistic. It was beautiful. Nice people there. And, you know, like, everybody says, like, you know, everything's big in Texas. It's actually, like, things are really, really big there. Highways, bridges, no traffic buildings like houses houses are dirt cheap a house here in maryland that costs like five six hundred thousand dollars will cost like two three hundred thousand there and like big nice houses that's why texas is awesome and also we met like awesome people there we were filming this one video and like somebody came up to us and like recognized us they were actually asking like hey can you take a picture of me and my girl and then he's like hold on i know you guys and then we had this little moment and then he like freaked out I was like, hey, we're filming a video right now. Like, do you want to be in it? And he was like, yeah. And, like, he killed it in it. So it was pretty awesome. What did he do? We were dancing. Oh. We were uh, dancing. In the, it was a dance scene in there. Oh, was that the, the your unforgettable thing? Un, un, unforgettable parody. It's really uh, good, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's called Unattainable about, like, there's always this thing with, like, between brown guys and brown girls where brown girls are like, uh, no brown guy is good enough for me. And then brown guys will, like, go towards white girls or something. And then brown girls would be like, ew, like, brown guys are whack. And that's how black girls are. Yeah. It's it's kind of, like, the same thing that happens in that, like, stereotype. But, yeah, so the, the song was pretty much, like, making fun of that whole thing. Um, and, yeah, that's out now. We also finished the Brown Code series, which is, like, where we sit down with a bunch of brown people and ask them questions about the culture where we, like help other people relate to it or like educate other americans on how it is super funny so that's what's new with me so there's a lot of interesting things that happened to me i actually recently moved so now i'm like in the country like am i like it's really country there's like a barn right in front of me i wake up to horses you moved there like yourself or no it's my grandparents house but i moved into my other grandparents house um actually they've lived there for a long time my mom grew up there but it's very different. I'm not used to the commute. I'm usually late to things now. 
Um, but I'm just adjusting and enjoying life, watching horses and being a country girl or something. That sounds like your worst nightmare, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, watching horses in person or on the computer or something? (laughs) What? No, they're literally right in front. How do you watch horses on the computer? What do you mean? Watch a horse video. I don't know. Is that something that people do? Do you think I'm that kind of girl? Is that what you do? No. (laughs) I've never heard of that. I zoned out and all I heard was watching horses. I'm like, (laughs) where's horses around here? Although there is like this competition thing where horses dance. You know, I I can't remember what it's called. It's like estressage or something like that. They do the tricks? (laughs) No, they literally like dance. (laughs) They They get on two feet and do a little dance. Is make that a, true? Make a little it love. Ki- <laughs> it kind of is. Okay. Um. <laughs> what's up with you, <laughs> Well, um, got a new job. Yeah. Yes, I did. Um. So to all my uh, Aberdeen people, shout out to you. Uh, you know, Pier One Imports. They got a distribution center. Okay. So I'm be doing that full time, fifteen an hour. So I was like, okay, that's where the money is. There you go. Other than that, you know, I'm just posted up in my bed, sleep most of the time. You listening to new music? I'm listening to some things. It's like when I have time. Jay Z. No. Twenty one. No. No. You. I just haven't listened to it. Oh, you just haven't listened, listened to it. To okay. It. It's something worth listening. A lot to. of people say it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a lot of the classic type of stuff that he used to do. Yeah. Um, and just a lot of like powerful messages in there. He's apologizing, you know, to Beyonce. It's like a, and just talking about family a lot which is really cool because it's like you're seeing a totally grown-up side to this man do they never have time to see each other where they have to talk to each other through music i think that's, that's sort of weird like just call her up bro <laughs> yeah i mean i'm gonna apologize to her on my new album she's your wife call her up i'm sure they've had multiple <laughs> I, I feel like beyonce wasn't just like yeah i'm gonna make this entire album this is how i'm gonna tell him I'm sure they had plenty of things going on behind the scenes, but they don't show it, which is pretty cool. It was probably a promotion thing, too. Yeah. Jay's like, hey, Bay, uh, let's go uh, start up some uh, rumors and this and that. I want you to say Becky on the album. Okay. It could be like that, you know, start some conversation. I don't know. I mean, she is under his label, technically. People love drama. Look at Black China, you know? Mm-hmm. That, Wait, I don't what think is going on with thing. that? I'm, I don't think that's the same I couldn't thing. follow it. I didn't no, I'm understand. just saying, like, drama blows up, you know? Yeah, well, that's true, but um, I don't know what's going on with that. I just heard Rob Kardashian is releasing pictures and stuff. I don't know. He's he, a he's a emotional creature. Yeah. I, I, have, I just hate the whole family. <laughs> what, the Kardashians? Yes, I hate everybody. <laughs> well, except for Kendall. Kendall, I'll put Kendall. If Kendall's in that family, yes, I do love Kendall. <laughs> if I ever see her, yes, I'm getting on one knee for you, Kendall, wherever you are. Dang. Yeah. What's up with you? You still working at uh? Unfortunately, yep. Chopsticks? No, Noodles what and Company. Noodles and Company. Come on, Sorry. man. Sorry. God. And you said you hate it. Now I do, yeah. Why? Because it's hot, dude. It's very hot. What? Like it's hot working yeah. there inside? Yeah. I came home, my mom was like, why are you sweating? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm burning up in there. I take like three showers a day. I take a shower just because I, I feel like I'm nasty. Smell like noodles? Oh, yeah. My hands always smell like noodles. 
I smell my hands all the time. Are you a cook or? <laughs> no, I, I grab I grab the food for the cook, but sometimes I cook it up. You grab so you serve it? If like no, like I'll prepare the dish. Like I'll put the noodles in the bowl, give it to the cook. Oh, and then they put the stuff yeah, in it. Yeah, but sometimes I'll fix a dish. Oh, so you're two. in the back. That's right, why it's hot. Right in front of the uh, where they cook. Yeah, that's why it's hot. I would imagine. Almost got my face blown off a couple times. <laughs> Why? I hand up the food and a big fire comes up. And he looks at me like I'm crazy. Like, dude, you just had a huge fire right in front of my face. Like, come on. You're a brat. That's why. Like, Jeez. Ah, I don't want to mess up anything. I can't mess up this pretty face. I'm no. going places, people. Literally, I'll turn around and boom. You know what Brandon Jeez. is? Brandon is that guy that works at, like, the odd job in the restaurant where he's the one that's like, ah. I don't need to be here. All these people are peasants. I'm going to be big someday. You'll see. Am I right or wrong? No, I think you're right. <laughs> Brandon, am I right or wrong? I just don't like I'm the right. I don't like the mindset of minimum wage people. It kills me. What is it? What is the mindset? They they think I'm going to be there all like my whole life. It's ridiculous. I mean, not, some of them do. Not every minimum wage person has a lot the, of them do a lot of them at shop right do it depress the hell out of me wait so like the mindset that like i'm gonna stay here my whole life basically Ooh, i mean yeah there are people like that and i find i notice that now it's my second job a lot of them take their job a little bit too seriously i know it's a job <laughs> and all but i mean come on the the thing i notice most is like uh when somebody keeps having to tell you like i don't need to be here i choose to be here and those are the people that need to be there the most. I never met one of those. So, <laughs> Does like, someone actually say that? See, I there's at least two people that I work with no. that always come up to me. I'm not, I'm not talking to them, and they come up to me. And they'll <laughs> I just need be to like, be here. Just be like, <laughs> I love it here. Oh, I, I don't need. I choose to be here. Yeah. They keep telling me. I'm like, that's great. And they're like, I don't need to be here, but you know, I love it here. I love the people here, and. I choose to be here. I'm like, okay, congratulations. Nobody was asking. Like, I did not ask them. I was not judging them in any way, but they feel the need to constantly, every single weekend, come up to me like, hey, by the way, don't need to be here. Just want to. Just love it here. You're nicer in person than you are on social media. On social media? Yeah. Because you, you flame me sometimes a lot. I'm mean on social media? Sometimes. How? Not not on social media, but just like through like text message sometimes. You oh, mean, I mean, you you surprise me sometimes. I roast people like crazy. Yeah, and I'm very blunt and like I you, you I don't, still you like subliminally roasted me a couple of times. I was just like, did oh, I? Yeah. When? I don't know. I can't recall, but I know you did. <laughs> I well, okay. This is how my <laughs> mind works. The first thing, my first reaction to anything is just like, oh, here's a roasting opportunity. And that's what I go for. Like, I'm really sorry, but like, you know how like, you know, um, there's sometimes there's those tweets where it's like Twitter is crazy and they're like, have Twitter has no emotions. Like the world could be having an asteroid coming towards and they, the Twitter would put a Jordan face on it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's me. Like, that's how my mind works. Like even today, I feel really bad for saying this, but, um, I'm in this group chat and like some of my friends were like, yo, I can't believe that, um, Chester, from Lincoln Park died like this is terrible can't imagine the kids that like followed him and stuff and I'm like yeah they must be going numb and everybody's like for us what is wrong with you and then I was like dang that was really really bad but then I made another joke and I was like this this is not I just I don't know I just am emotionless in some senses you're messing up for for the possible ladies that were considering going taking you out on a date 
man, you jacked yourself up, man. Well, thank God. Now I have more time. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, I was at the mall today. A girl came up to me, said, (laughs) (laughs) listen, listen. (laughs) What are you you laughing? What are you laughing at? I don't know. Listen. (laughs) She said, I don't mean to be rude, but I think you're cute. And walked away. What the hell, man? Did you get her number? No, I don't. Why am I going to ask if she came up to me? I was thinking that, but I was like, nah, she needs to ask me if she's going to come up to me. Did you Is that it? your way of just telling, letting us know, by the way, guys, I'm still hot? No, I was just <laughs> saying, like, that That stuff like that is just crazy. Like, I don't understand females. What's the, you know? So she's, she walked up to you, said, you're cute, and then walked away, didn't, yep. didn't say anything else. Yep. So in her mind, what's probably happening, and Danny, you can correct me on this if I'm wrong from the female perspective, uh, she wanted you to do a little turnaround. And then follow her. Well, guess what I said? Thanks. And that's and it. She Did you think away. she was cute though? Like, I don't know. I, I was so much going on at the same time. Maybe she's time. just maybe she's just giving you a compliment. Who does that? Uh, <laughs> I do that. No. What's wrong with what's you wrong can't with give Well, I won't say, I won't go up to somebody like, hey, you're cute, and then walk away. But like, you know, somebody's you know, hey, you have nice eyes, and it doesn't have to be anything more than that. You don't. Well, have I don't to have try the, like, I don't have the guts to do it in person. But if I do it on like online, oh my god, how dare you? You want to get in the bed oh. with me? What is wrong with you? Is what's that your, what you say, What's though? your motive? <laughs> like, oh my god, I can't give a compliment I don't, anymore? But I don't trust you, though. Like, what? I Who feel are like, these I feel girls? Like there's more, I, I feel like there's more to it than that. I, you definitely don't go in like, hey, I'm Brandon, I'm a nice guy. Sometimes and I'd be so bored, nice... I'll entertain girls I don't really care about. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> See? Wrong approach. Yeah, sometimes, okay, no, wait, listen. Real quick, correct sometimes me on, can... on that. <laughs> okay. uh, is, is that what she was doing? Did she Was she hoping that he'd follow her or something? Yeah, it sounds to me like she was giving you a genuine compliment and hoping in return that you would be interested. That's some bull crap. And you should have, but you should have been like, if you thought she was cute. If not, if you thought she was like creepy, then it's fine. But like, if you thought she was cute, you should have been like, hey, we should hang out sometime. Here's my number. (laughs) This is the problem with your generation. (laughs) I know. I know. We're 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 the same same, generation. I know. I know. But this is the problem with people in our generation. You can't just give somebody a compliment and then not have it blow up out of proportion. Here you are sitting with three people like, guys, you won't believe what happened to me. Somebody gave me a compliment. And then we were supposed to be like, what? How dare she? <laughs> what is her problem? Track no, that girl it, right it now. It was the way. Because it's like, you got to go. If I'm going to do something, it's for a purpose. If you're going to tell us a story like that, say, guys, the most beautiful thing happened to me today. <laughs> this, the nicest, the sweetest girl. Gave me a nice compliment. But the way she, like, did it was, like, she just wanted to give me a compliment and just go. I'm not like that. If I'm going to give a girl a compliment, I want her to think about it at night. What is he thinking about? Is he thinking about me? But Should you're I thinking about him? it. It's the next. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not thinking about that girl. Yeah, you but me? you're talking about it. So she has you Because thinking. it was crazy to me. You're going to be thinking about it tonight. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to text you tonight and <laughs> ask you. All right, listen. Uh, our guest is here outside. Um, his name is Matt Tennyson. Uh, he is somebody who is trying to live totally off the grid. Uh, whatever that means, we're going to talk to him about it and see what uh, he means by that. And he's, you know, a totally self-sufficient person. And we're going to see what makes up for that kind of lifestyle, whether it be like growing your own food and trying to live totally away from like the system and everything like that, um, what it takes and why he does it. So everybody, please welcome 
Matt Tennyson. Peacefulness with peaceful bliss. They ask me where is this? Thoughts in space, it's in my sanctum. Waste of time, that's the tantrum. Watching a film through the eyes of an astronaut. Catching a reel, who he disguised. How do we get caught? The web it places those without faces. Lost my identity. Right. You don't even have your headphones on. This man's just here for the style. He's just here to look good. Yeah. Um, what's up, Matt? How you doing? Good, man. How about you? How are you feeling today? Um, did you hear about like the uh, the lead singer of Lincoln Park passing yeah. away? I yeah. know that you you're like a rock fan and everything, so I don't know if he how much he meant to you, but yeah, he's somebody that uh, you know I used to listen to Lincoln Park as a kid a lot, and uh, it's it's crazy to to see all of these rockers just starting to sort of you know drop off like flies, you know, but. I guess that everybody's generational icons eventually fade out and you know and I think we're just starting to see some of the ones from our childhood have some of these things happen to them. I mean, I didn't really look too deep into it. I just know that there was ruled like a, a death by suicide, right? Yeah. There's a lot of different musicians that have been sort of following that path unfortunately. Like, you know, in the past couple of years it seems like that's been more a common yeah. thing. You know, I don't know what's going on through their head you know sometimes you can never tell when somebody's actually in that kind of perspective or mood like when robin williams you know committed suicide that was a shock to a lot of people a lot of people didn't expect that to happen but i feel like it made us all like more aware of like these things because everybody was surprised at like what like robin williams yeah this guy made everybody laugh like who would have known he was going through this but it's like it kind of makes sense at the same time where it's like you know, you are always so caught up in making other people laugh and smile so much or entertain people that, you know, you forget to care about yourself. It's definitely surprising. Um, do you have any, like, favorite songs of theirs? I, I kind of grew up listening to some of their early al- earlier albums, and I, I sort of dropped off listening to what they were putting out after, like, I guess 2014 or something, you know, 2013. I had a lot of pent-up hatred and anger as a kid like when i was in like middle school and high school and that was a good outlet for me to express that you know i was always that kind of kid that wore a bunch of man like band shirts and like was kind of hanging around with like the stoner kids and the the delinquents and the you know that those kind of people always getting in trouble that kind of stuff um so i I definitely connected to that kind of music through um you know just the type of things that they would sing sing about and the the generation that they spoke to so so, you were going through your troubled teens. It sounds like where Brandon is at this point, he's a very emotional person. Apparently, that's uh, a characteristic for cancers. Cancers? Yep. You're a cancer? Yeah. Do you believe in all that? I don't know, but this girl, this only well, one girl always points that out. Oh, he's in, you're, you're, you're such a cancer. You're so emotional. <sighs> Cancers so I, are emotional. I guess that's what it is. Sometimes I'm reluctant to even like reveal my sign. Because what are you? Because then they'll be like, oh, I know everything about you. I know exactly how you're going to respond to this. <laughs> that's like, like Danny. <laughs> she's going to dissect no, what, you. So time? I'm technically a Libra. Okay. So my birthday is October 7th. So I'm supposed to be the scales of justice. I always look for the balance and everything, apparently. Dude, honestly, Loki, I see that. It, <laughs> I, I know. I, I kind of am a textbook Libra, but I feel like it's, I don't know. It's... He doesn't want to accept it's cliche, it. but at the same time, you know, there's something there, but I don't know. It's exploited. 
<laughs> what's with what's with the Mauricio thing? Like you you said, so your name is Matt, but yeah. people called you Mauricio for a long time. Yeah, that was at a restaurant I used to work at. That was the first job I ever had as a dishwasher, making like six dollars an hour, and I was like fourteen, and I was just kind of this kid that didn't really know a whole lot yet. But uh, is it working? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Twink, you know, tinkering with things. Um, but yeah, I was at a, a restaurant. It was a restaurant in Jarrettsville. It was called My Three Sons. And this was like I love that the most... Well, it doesn't exist anymore, but <laughs> it really? closed down. Yeah. Oh, wait. wait there, there's still the another one up here, though. Yeah. That's yeah. the one I was thinking about. Yeah, there's another My Three Sons. I worked at that one, too, many years later. But the first one was pretty legendary for the amount of crap that went on back there because... I don't think I've ever had a job where I've been harassed and like treated as badly as I was at this job. Why? What did they? Well, like so, some of the things they used, they just hazed people hard. Like that's all we would do is just haze each other as hard as possible. And like when I was fourteen, I was still kind of like I wasn't used to that. So I walked. You were into working this, there at fourteen. Yeah, I, you can I get had, a job at fourteen. Well, I did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't technically legal, but you know. Anyway. <laughs> The wanna, job, it sounds fun there. I want to work there. It was a lot Hazing of fun, people but that's why it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, there's, really? There's a lot of issues with it. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of crazy stuff that went on back there. You know, like I, I remember. So one time I walked in like for my shift, and this is after I'd been working there for a few months, and they decided to prank me by uh, waiting at the door. I, I had long hair like this when I was when I was working there, and uh, as I opened the door. There's a guy there waiting with a bucket full of flour, and another guy had a bucket full of water. Uh, so they threw the flour on my head, classic. and then they threw the water on it, and I just like basically had a pizza dough on my head, you know. And that I sounds had, awesome, though. It, well, it was uh, fun for them, not so much for me. <laughs> I laugh at it now, but um, some of the other things they did, though, they like they would just like try to take us and dunk us in the dirty dishwasher, like what? or the dirty dish sink. They would just do all kinds of craziness. To you know, one time they lit off a firecracker in my back pocket of my pants while I was making pizza and it like blew a hole in the back of my pants. So I They did this in a restaurant? Yeah, it was in the kitchen. And Dang, so, so they to were get, getting down. Yeah. So to get this was the boss that did it too. This is the man the manager of the restaurant. What? He was this like little trollish guy that would always just like walk around and screw around with people. Like he would like harass everybody. Like he was really crude. He would, like, get drunk all the time and just, like, harass people and hardly get anything done. And we'd have to You're over here complaining and... about it's too hot. Well, you should be I thankful. Oh, you should be thankful. Someone's getting hit. No, but <laughs> to, get, to get back at him for doing that to me, uh, I, I waited for him to fall asleep in his office. And I, I took a bottle rocket and launched it under his door. And it flew all around his office and caught some things on fire. But, uh, yeah, how, that, that was how fun. How did this happen? Yeah. That there was just kind of a it was a kind of place where there was just you know there was very little oversight and there was like no rules pretty much I mean yeah we had to show up on time get our get our stuff done and and you know keep the place up to code to some degree but you know it was it was by far the the loosest and most like ridiculous job I've ever had Uh, it was like my first job too so I was like is every job gonna be like this this is insane like. That's console. crazy. Yeah, it, it was entertaining though. I learned a lot too. Like those guys are not they were not light. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of hard on all the new kids and the younger kids cuz they wanted How to make old them were tough. They, like compared to you. Oh, they were like 25, 30, 
uh, you know. And they were messing with a little kid. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, 14, 15-year-olds. But, like, yeah. there was it was a, sort of a rite of passage thing. They were, like, hazing you, trying to, like, bring you into the world with, like, tougher skin. Because, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, they, like, they explained that to me. Like, if they, like, brought me down to the point where I was like, I, I hate this. I want to quit. They'd be like, "Look, man, we're just trying to break you, break you down a little bit, so that you get stronger." Like that sounds we're like, doing. Um, you know, like like initiation. It is, but for that, like a frat. It's that's what my first job was. So that's you know. So where did Mauricio crazy. come in? <laughs> yeah, that was a, so that, that was, was a question. That was the nickname that they gave me after working there for a little bit. Because at first I was kind of quiet. I didn't like know those guys. I was like fourteen. They were all older. They were all talking about this stuff that was a little bit over my head at the time. And so, like, they kept trying to, like, prod me, and they're like, we need to give you a nickname. And then one day, the the bartender, they called him the Italian Stallion, and he walked in, and he was all, like, Mr., like, macho guy. Like, everybody loved him. Like, you know, he was kind of, like, the shit. But, and uh, so one day, he kind of walked up to me, and uh, I, I can't remember exactly why, but he decided, like, that they from there forth, they would call me Mauricio, you know, and like, it's it not just a bad, it could stuck. be way worse. It, w- it could have been way it worse. It could have been really bad, but yeah. Mauricio does not sound too bad. I like it. It wasn't bad. And it stuck with me for like the next two jobs. And then it's, nobody really calls me that anymore. But like, wait, like people from, from like, I, I, I went from my three sons. I worked there for six years and then I worked at ShopRite for two years. And that name transferred over there because, How? because I had a lot of people or a couple people that worked at uh, my three sons also worked at ShopRite in the deli. And they got me into the deli, and they spread that name around. And my na- my name on the schedule was literally Mauricio. Like nobody called me Matt there. Everybody was just Mauricio. That's really funny. funny. For a while, that was like a, an alias I went by. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of faded out, but. Um. So we brought you onto the show today to talk kind of about like self sufficiency, and um, you're kind of big on that. And can you first of all like explain? What does that mean and why are you like, why do you think that that's so important? Yeah, I think for me, it means just like being uh, being more independent in how you live your life, not having to depend on not so much on other people, because we all sort of depend on other people. We're social humans, we're social social beings like we need other each other to survive. But I'm but more so like self-sufficient and so far as like being independent from having to rely on corporations to provide your food and to provide, you know, your security and to provide all of these other things like being okay. in in a case that like, if everything were to fall apart and like the structure of society were to like upend itself and it was sort of a free for all, you'd be good. You'd be fine. You'd have food, you'd have water, you'd have protection, you'd have shelter, you'd have, you'd have electricity, you'd have all of the things that you need you know, it's sort of like what you hear with the stereotypical, like, doomsday preppers. I don't think taking it to that extreme is necessarily healthy because they get a little too hardcore, you know, where they, they build these nuclear bunkers and have food for five years stockpiled in a in a pantry underground and stuff. And, you know, they have machine gun turrets and stuff. Like, I'm not talking about, like, that crazy. But, like, even just becoming more independent with just simple, like, everyday things, like, you have a vegetable garden. Like, that's a pretty big thing, you know, that a lot of people don't have, but a lot of people are becoming more uh, into that culture and, and, and are the growing their own gardens. And they, I think there's a certain connection to your food that you get, but there's also a sense of security and satisfaction knowing that you like grew something yourself and that you took care of yourself and your family by, by 
you know, your own hard work instead of someone else's. Did this like working in the food industry like contribute to this? Because you said you worked there uh, in different places with food for a while. Yeah, it, in a lot of ways it did because I, I just working in a restaurant and working in a grocery store, you just see how much food and stuff they throw away. I mean, it's almost disgusting. Like I was deeply disturbed by how much food was thrown away at uh, the places I've used to work and like how much uh, like recyclable stuff and things that could be reused or just thrown away, you know? And we, ha we live in such a wasteful society where we throw away like 45% of the food that we produce, you know? And there's something wrong with that, I think, when there's people starving on the street and we can't feed them, yet we have these grocery stores packed with food, and we can't figure out how to allocate it properly. It's not that there's like a That's food a shortage; it's just that there's an allocation problem. You know, we haven't we haven't figured that out, and I think that's. That's sort of what inspired me to get more involved in that because I feel like if you have a security net for like if that kind of thing were to happen, like, you know, say, for example, something happens with our economy and certain sectors of it start struggling or collapsing or whatever, you know, you don't have to be one of those people that's panicking, freaking out and like raiding the stores. You can be like, no, let them take care of that. I'll just sit back and tend to my garden. I think you know? that's what Danny was asking about. We're like. She mm -hmm. was like, is, is he talking about like the apocalypse? No. Well, hold on. Let me, and I'll, I'll quote it because I immediately thought like, are you zombies? Are you ready for it? Because it's going to happen. <laughs> That's Spirit. what my girlfriend wants to happen. She keeps telling me like, I'm ready for it, man. Zombies. Let the, let them come. I could take out some pent up aggression on some zombies. You know, That's what she keeps telling me, but yeah, you said, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Wait, totally off the grid but you do have some experience in survival skills and you have a few plans if shit hits the fan what yeah. does that mean <laughs> well are you I ready mean, like it's just i think it's coming i think what? It's, it's coming. are you like do you know about this i don't know i just have why do you think there's, there's gonna be zombies, a zombie apocalypse? are you ready for it <laughs> why do you think that that's gonna happen do you see how crazy people are nowadays <laughs> that's well, it that's all it takes for the people pentagon to be crazy? apparently takes it seriously enough to have a protocol for Dang, it I'm a... but they're what but for zombie apocalypse for like a zombie type outbreak like if somebody contracted some some, some sort of like extreme form of a rabies virus like but, i am legend yeah i mean let's be honest though that stuff's probably far-fetched but i don't know people living in today's thinking world ebola was like that yeah. they were like oh ebola's gonna be right wiping out the entire nation well, no, it didn't. So, I mean, but it definitely caused a lot of damage where, you know, it was sourced and it uh, it's a scary thing, you know. I mean, even if just some sort of like uh, pathogen gets out, like, you know, there's a I think there's a movie about that, too. I'm sure there's a bunch of them where, you know, just some sort of airborne disease gets out and they have to quarantine things. I mean, that's yes, um, that's a more extreme example, which is harder to prepare for. The, the, the happening, but, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, that's an <laughs> insanely ridiculous movie. <laughs> where the, the trees think about run. Where it's cool people, to think about, yeah. like, what you would do in that situation, though. Yeah. But I feel like now that you're saying all this, I'm just going to go to your house and, like, I know, I'm coming take all your stuff. Well, I'm so coming. where... Like, where, if you're growing it, then okay. Well, where, where my girlfriend and I live, we live in Towson so it's not exactly the greatest area for that but like where her parents live is like on this like 180 acre secluded tree farm that's like on the top of a hill it's surrounded on all four sides by water oh, it's, it's got a bridge to get to it no you know it's it, like her dad has like tons of guns i mean it's oh yes <laughs> he's I'm got he's got you. it all and we've got you know space to grow food and we've done it there before I feel like you want this to happen 
Man, I'm You're just overly prepared. I don't for this. I don't He's want ready. anything to happen, but I like I just see some signs that I don't know what's going to happen, you know? That's mm-hmm. how I feel. What signs? Really? Yeah. What signs? Signs like just the volatility of like the political system, the economy, like Let's talk about that word real quick. Volatility. Yeah. Just like how like like fragile everything is you know Mm. it wouldn't take a lot to like knock a lot of it out like even if it was just a solar flare or some sort of like um knock what out like the power grid you know the infrastructure that holds up like everything that we basically are you know dependent on for like continuing our everyday life the way it goes you know and i'm not some guy that sits around and just like contemplates the end of times all day yes you are you're you're a super hippie who's just like guys you have to be prepared for this the world is ending soon all you need is a sign to walk around new york city with and be like the world is ending no i I just think honestly i'm more like focused on just teaching people and trying to advocate and to teach myself and to get better at myself of just living a more self-sufficient lifestyle just taking steps in that direction just because i think it's a good thing to do anyway you know, I'm not necessarily to prep for the end of the, the world because that's not really an appealing approach. You know, like mm-hmm. I think it's also just a good thing to get in the habit of doing because I think our culture is seriously like uh, we have a serious detachment to where our food comes from. And that's where you get things like factory farming and like the industrial agriculture system, which is sort of destroying a lot of farmlands and and has a lot of adverse effects to, you know, populations of bees um you know the glyphosate they spray and and the monsanto's roundup chemical that they spray the corn and stuff that gets into the water supply it like leaches into the ground it takes years and years and years to break down i mean we're doing a lot of things that aren't good generally speaking and i think it's just good for people to become more producers as well as consumers you know so you can become regionally sufficient you can Maybe if you grow a certain type of vegetable, like you're growing a bunch of corn, your neighbor's growing a bunch of tomatoes, you can just trade corn and tomatoes, you know, like things like that. Maybe somebody's really good at arts and crafts. Maybe you're really good at, uh, you know, playing guitar or something or doing whatever, you know, and you can like trade skills and trade, uh, you know, uh, ideas and stuff like that. That doesn't sound like a fair deal there. But that's a bad example, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I'll give but, you some corn. But, yeah. You play me some music. Hey, but no, if kidding. that ever I'm happened, that's all I have to offer. What? Music? Show you how to make a beat. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to survive. I'm not. Listen, man, people appreciate art and music, you know? If they're yeah, having an event definitely. and they want someone to play like live music, you could be that guy. Hey, you know? always, like the, always like in guys. soldier movies, there's always that one guy singing or something. They always yeah, yeah, like yeah. round like up. Like at the end of uh, Titanic, yeah. the three guys playing the violin. Yeah, there you go. That would be Brandon, just sinking away in the boat. Man, where would we be? <laughs> where, would we be where would we be as a, as a, as a race of people without music? And without art, without that's culture, true. you know, like yeah, that's a serious bedrock of like everything. No, you're mm-hmm. right. I agree. Um, Would you create a, a documentary about what you just said? Since you said you're very, you know, I think you're working on one, right? Yeah, I'm actually currently, uh, I've been filming it for a while. It's on this group of people. It's called the School of Living. Um, and what they do is they have these five different intentional communities, which are sort of like just communities of people that have like chosen to engage in their community together on a piece of land um, that the School of Living owns. And they teach each other and other people in the public how to like live off the land as best as they can. None of them are totally like self-sufficient, but they all do things like 
some of them have uh, solar panels that produce their own energy. They have like composting toilets. They have like greenhouses where they grow food. They have like all these really cool um, integrative uh, designs and ways of producing um, their own food and energy and, and just being more independent, you know, and teaching people those principles. And they heavily focus on this idea that's called permaculture, which is sort of, it basically stands for permanent culture um, or permanent agriculture also, but it incorporates a different uh, approach than like conventional agriculture. It seeks to make like, if you take a piece of land, instead of just monocrop, like planting everything in nice, neat little rows and tilling the soil up and breaking it all up and constantly doing that, you like set up these like self-sustaining little ecosystems where you like plant a bunch of things in clusters and they complement each other, you know? They either like bring certain nutrients to the surface for each other or they like one will be an attractant to certain pests that others like would normally be eaten by or, or things like that, you know, and you integrate this into how you grow your food, but also how you interact with people in your environment. It's like a very inclusive way of like there is no such thing as waste in a permaculture like uh, frame of mind, like everything can be broken down, recycled, reused and regenerated in some fashion. You know, and so instead of like this high waste culture that we have, it, it seeks to like revamp all of that stuff. Yeah, I think people just don't, first of all, know about anything that you're talking about. And then second of all, that sounds like a lot of work. They would rather just be like, you know what, I'm good with just grabbing like a tomato from the supermarket and coming back home and then worrying about everything else rather than being like, I have to grow this. I have to think about all these other things um for the environment so yeah, well, I think I mean, that's like a big part of it that's part of the that's part of the reason why I'm doing this film is because I, I want people to know more about it I've, I've been trying to learn more about it myself by doing this film and by exploring these topics but I also think that um you know there's a way to make it so that it's not this overwhelming amount of work where you're working 10 hours a day in the sun and you're breaking your back just to make food for yourself. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that doesn't have to be that way, which is the whole point of having like a whole community of people that organize their labor in a way that maybe they work on it like an hour a day and they produce enough food to sustain like 60 to 70% of maybe their dinner meals at the whole place. You know? I think when you're talking about like the whole apocalypse thing, then people get more of like a selfish approach to it where yeah. it's like, you know, let me worry about myself and I'm going to grow this for myself and do that for myself. And um, whereas you're actually talking about it in more of like a community sense and like how we can help each other rather than like if something were to break out, I'm going to throw a bubble around my place and I'm going to care for myself and nobody else. Yeah, but you know, I feel like that's that's part of the thinking that would have gotten us to that point in the first place, you know? Like I fear that too many people will think like that and i wish more of us would just would 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 try and consider like the bigger picture you know instead of just like worrying about themselves i know that's like your first instinct everybody should you got to take care of yourself first but it's also like you know we're here together we got to figure this out together and if we're trying to climb on each other's shoulders you know kicking and screaming it's not going to be a very pleasant situation for the lot of us you know and so i feel like there are certain ways that we could be organizing our communities more efficiently and effectively so that we're not so alienated from each other, but that we're also, you know, creating uh, things in the, and just like locally, regionally, 
Um, and that's become a huge movement lately. You know, the, the local food movement, the local support local business movement. I mean, that's like become massive in the past decade or so. And I think a lot of that's because people are becoming increasingly more aware of uh, some of the flaws and, and downfalls of like having to have your sh- food shipped from halfway around the world yeah. to get to your grocery store, you know. But at the same time, you know, that system still exists. And I mean, I still participate in it. I can't say that I'm like totally independent of it. I mean, I still live in it. I still I went grocery shopping today, you know, like I still have to do all of these things. It's not something that you can just be like one day. And it costs more sufficient. It costs more sometimes to get like organic things and all that certified organic. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of times it'll cost more. Sometimes it depends on your farmer. But if you go to farmers markets, you know, you might be able to work out a relationship with them and, and get some pretty good deals. You know, you get bundles of things instead of having to buy it, you know, in like individually her- hermetically sealed little packages. You can just buy like a dozen of them at a time or something or like, yeah. you know, there's some nuance to it. Obviously, it's not like this black and white kind of thing. But I, I, I feel compelled to move in that direction personally, just because I feel like it's it'll help re-empower people in the long run you know, to be more independent and not, not as stressed out for the, like where they're going to find that next meal, not as stressed out for like, depending on governments or corporations to provide them with all of their needs, which, you know, we've seen that that has a lot of varying uh, circumstances associated with it, you know. So I'm guessing you're not a fan of uh, the current political party's stance on like the environment? No, not so much, but... <laughs> He, uh, you know, Trump is an interesting case, but he's, uh, I think the whole political system is sort of like produced him, you know, in a way that like somebody like Obama, um, he had to work real hard to get there. I feel like, you know, Who, and Trump or Obama, had to Obama. Work okay. And, and then Trump, I feel like is just a response to like how far off the rails we've gone. You know, he's sort of like an he's sort of like a uh, a um, what do you what do you call it a uh, a symptom of the problem, in my opinion. You know, rather than like a lot of you hear a lot of people like talking about how if we just need to impeach Trump, we'll 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 get more Democrats in there or whatever. You know, and I don't really think that's a solution, at least in my opinion. I, I think he's sort of like uh, a symptom of a of a larger problem within our political system, within our culture, and within our like our overall economy and stuff too is there anybody that you um look up to because you know you're self-sufficient and you're also involved in politics i'm just curious on who's like inspirational to you and sort of influenced you and what you do and think well actually there's i mean a lot of people have in different ways um i mean i listen to a ton of podcasts and the one podcast that got me into podcasts was joe rogan's podcast i mean sometimes he goes off the rails and says things that i completely disagree with but i just like that he has this open forum of just like i'll hear what you have to say you know i i don't care where you come from or what your real opinion is you know i don't i'm not going to sit here and like um bash it to the ground because i don't agree with it unless it's something overtly silly or something but uh I, i just like the way he goes about engaging with people um when you're trying to do things like um you know grow your own garden and uh live a more self-sufficient life like how do you get people to care about that kind of stuff like what is your personal method well i think the other thing is like 
I, people don't like being preached to, you know, they don't like when you're sitting on your high horse being like, well, this is a better way to do things. Why don't you do it? You know, like I, I, I feel like sometimes I might come off that way and I really try not to. And like, I, I'm not trying to be like this guy that has all the answers that like, I just want to have conversations with people and I want to hear what other people think. I mean, some people may disagree with me. Um, but I think just having that open dialogue with people and then just saying, well, you know, this is what I think. I think we could be doing more of this stuff. Um, I think it helps uh, in more ways than one. It's not just a, a selfish way to become like more isolated and independent, but it's like a better way to provide your own nutrition in a lot of ways. Because when you fresh pick something, it's that much more nutritious than it is when it has to be shipped from like Africa or somewhere halfway across the world to get to your refrigerator, you know, and it sits on a truck for however long, you know, it just slowly decays in its, in its nutritional value. Um, I mean, that's one way. I mean, another thing is it's just, uh, it's a way that bridges the gap between different types of people in certain ways, you know, like it's something we all share in common. We all have to eat. We all have to figure out how to eat. We all have to manage our food system somehow, whether we choose by just like who we support, who we vote with our dollar, you know, who we support with our vote for our dollar by when we buy things in the supermarket or, you know, that even that has an impact. I have to say, I applaud you for like the way that you handle uh, Facebook comments because <laughs> I see you on your page, like just writing up like a ton of this information. Like you have paragraphs and paragraphs of like this idea or something that you just read about. And then you have like people that will just comment like, well, what about this thing? And they'll pick up like the smallest little part of what you said. <laughs> And you're still like writing back to them and you like you really care about, you know, trying to persuade everybody and listening to what they have to say and trying to like comment back. You know, I feel like for the most part, people tend to just respond immediately. Like they get that emotional like reaction, you know, because there's there's been studies that show that like every time you get like a like or an interaction on social media, you kind of get like a little hit of dopamine. Like you get that little, oh, you know, like it feels good. That's why we're addicted to this stuff. And then when you get something that's like bad feedback, it like, it kind of hurts. It feels like somebody stabbed you a little bit, you know, you're like, oh, somebody's attacking me, you know? So I feel like when that happens, and especially when people do it like to like an extreme level where they're like sitting there and just like roasting you, like they're like tearing your argument apart. Like they can't stand what you said. They're so mad at you. You can't comment right away. You got to like think about that for a little bit, you know? Like if you're going to comment right away, you're going to say something stupid. And that's when start people just start like, you know, they start throwing names at each other. And that's like, there's no conversation there. Just just give it up. At a certain point, I just don't even have conversations with people when it gets to that point. It's like when people are calling me these things like fascist, communist, hippie, or like whatever, <laughs> they throw these just ad hominem attacks out, just like a logical fallacy. Like there's no, there's no conversation. So for everybody like listening right now, like what are like top, top five things that somebody can do right now to live like a more self-sufficient way, like doable things, not like, mm. you know, I think one of the easiest things to do is, you know, if you're going to buy produce, buy it from a farmer, become more regionally sufficient, support your local farmers, support your local economy. What if they live in a city? There's still farmers markets. There's always farmers markets. There's farmers markets in, in Baltimore. There's farmers markets in Towson. You got to look them up. You got to find them. You got to go to them. That's where all the farmers from all around, there's like all these networks that are building up of like local farmers in your area. And obviously not everybody can have a giant farm where they produce a bunch of organic produce and all that stuff. But 
find the guys that are. Just open, honest dialogues with people that make your food. I think it builds for a stronger community, and I think it builds for, like, a more intelligent way of going about managing our health and, and our food. And that's one thing, you know. There's a bunch of others, but... I know you're talking a lot about, like, the organic farming and stuff like that. Do you agree with, like... I mean, I... I at one point was a vegetarian and stuff like that. Do you agree with like veganism and stuff like that too? Like what are your thoughts on that basically? I think you should eat what you want. But at the same time, like, you know. Okay, my friend was not eating beef for a long time. And he's like, because cows, when they're like used for meat, they fart a lot and that's bad for the environment or something. What? Have you ever seen a documentary called Cowspiracy? Mm-hmm. No, Have I've seen, seen Food that? Inc., yeah. but not... Food Inc.'s a good one. Cowspiracy is a really good one, too. It's kind of kind of shocking. Some of the numbers, I think they got slightly off. So I, I wouldn't take everything they say at face value. But, like, the overall premise, even, like, cattle ranchers that, you know, like, Joe Rogan had, uh, like, a, a conversation with the guys that made Cowspiracy, and then he had on, right afterward, a conversation with cattle farmers to, like, get their perspective. And the cattle farmers agreed with, like, most of their argument. Um hmm. But the, the problem with, like, the cattle industry is, I mean, aside from the fact that the factory farming, you know, it, it, for me, it crosses serious ethical lines the way they treat the animals. But at the same time, it's just, it's kind of gross and at a certain point because they, they, they have to inject these animals with, like, antibiotics. So, like, knee-deep in their own crap sometimes. Yeah, and that's like, gross. They, that's they, gross. Yeah, it's like they get, and it's all, like, there's these things called ag-gag laws where journalists can't actually like publish or write about this stuff. It's like forbidden legally and there can be legal recourse if you do it. So they've been able to keep kind of this, a lot of this stuff secret um, yeah. because yeah. of that. I, I have seen a couple do- documentaries on it though in school actually. That stuff makes me feel bad. I don't like yeah. watching it. Yeah. It's like chickens um, are so big that they can't even Oh yeah, they can't walk. stand, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I I don't like the idea of factory farming, but I'm okay with hunting. I mean, I like the idea of hunting. I think there's a conservation aspect to it. I don't think it's a necessarily barbaric thing unless you're going after, like, rare animals and hunting them for their... Lion. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... Donald Trump's sons. Yeah, I don't think you need to be doing that kind of stuff. I mean, you're not... Why? What are they getting? Oh, there's a famous picture of them with, like, a friggin' leopard and all types of stuff. Really? Yeah. I'd cop a leopard. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do you know know what halal is? I, I've heard the term, but I'm not 100% familiar it's with like it. It's like kosher, but like a yeah. cheetah. I don't know. The purpose of um, halal is like, well, if you do it the right way. So like it's it's like an Islamic practice, but um, you're supposed to get the animal away from the other animals um, so they don't see it being slaughtered. And then you do it by the neck so it kills it instantly. And then you drain all the blood um, so there's no blood in the meat at all. And it's supposed to be like healthier for you actually as well. Um, but like it doesn't you're not having like the animals crushed all at once or anything like that you're not having them all together um, and you don't like make them suffer in any way so like I've all like you know we're supposed to eat halal anyways but like I, I didn't find out like the actual health benefits until recently and I've been seeing a lot of like Americans like non-muslims shifting towards like either kosher or halal meat and I thought that was really cool but I didn't know if you knew about that where I currently work um, I work on a farm with uh it's, I'm, I'm technically like a gardener slash groundskeeper, but there's a farmer on the farm who owns part, or is renting part of the farm, and he's a kosher, like, Jewish butcher, um, and he's trying to do everything, like, according to kosher law and stuff like that. Um, 
But I know that uh, they're very particular about the way the animals are raised and like what sort of, uh, you know, they can't be like eating genetically modified corn and stuff like that. There's, there's like a certain purity law to it, you know, mm. and uh, I can respect that, you know. I'm, I'm not 100% anti-GMO. I'm definitely like sort of in the middle. Yeah. I, I feel like most people tend to take with just pretty much any issue these days, but they tend to go like, far right or far left or far this direction or far that direction or like it's, it's not a whole lot of moderates anymore or at least it seems like that or that's the ones you don't hear about as much um but i'm sort of moderate on that on that stuff um we're about to wrap up but do you have anything else that you want to sort of like you know just the last sort of message that you want to put out there like any uh, thing that you want to promote any channel at this or point like- i mean i have my own facebook page you can find me my name's just matt Tennyson. if you search me up i'll probably friend request you or whatever um, and I'm thinking of starting a media sort of platform and calling it, and I want to call it here so that nobody steals my name, <laughs> uh, Counterbalance Media. Do so you have it claimed yet? Not technically. You better go. Right. Uh, it's over. Yeah. Once you leave this, you better go. I already took it. Well, just now. I'm going to fight you Boom. for it. <laughs> took it just now. Yeah. Cool. We're both going to fight you. But yeah, anything that I'm going to have, uh, <laughs> like the film I have coming out, I'm going to have that coming out probably by the end of the year. I'm going to end up promoting it probably through my own channel and some channels of people that I know. And um, I'm, I'm working title for my film is Sc- the school of living, living sustainably in America. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So you, I, would, I was going to talk about this guy. So you put Richard to sleep for like 90% of the time. Richard, Richard, come on up. Come on up, Richard. I'm exhausted. Richard is going to go home. He had a long work day. And grab a nice, uh, big, fat, juicy burger full of GMOs. Richard, Richard, would you like to reflect on anything Matt said today? Um, No. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this is a problem that we have in America. People like Richard. (laughs) Going to to sleep on people. No, I'm just kidding. That's what Um, happens when you have a late night podcast. Why don't you you go ahead and ask him the the most fun question that we have at the end of every podcast. All right. (laughs) Here we go. Hold up, hold up. Let him repeat that title again. (laughs) No, you're going to steal it. No, because for us, cut them all. Well, it's not out there yet. So, I mean, if you have anything that you want me to link up, I'll put it in the bio. But right now, it's not not out, right? Yeah, I got to get more organized with all of my content. It's like all over the place. I have stuff that Al Magazine is publishing. We're not going to to put it out there so nobody steals it. (laughs) Do do you edit? Do you edit yourself? Yeah. Do you edit? Do you (laughs) edit? <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Trolling. That's so great. Okay. So, sir, if you could be any flavor, what flavor would you be and why? Damn, I wish I would have thought of that earlier. I don't know. Um, Organic ice cream. I like that. I feel like I'd probably be a mix of a bunch of flavors, to be honest. You know, you got to pick one. Pick one and give us a good reason. Probably like any flavor of the like best anything. One. Some sort of like psychedelic vanilla kind of like rainbow swirl flavored because I don't know. I'm really into that kind of culture and I like uh, expanding my mind into different territories. So I feel like that sort of has that stint to it in a way. Love wins. Love it. (laughs) Do you edit? I do. (laughs) I edit. All day. Uh, you know why you doing uh, this? Because I put it out today. So you're like, oh, 
Wait a minute, I do kind of roast him a little bit, so let me do it today. Um, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I love your movement. I love you know everything that you stand for, and I wish you the best of luck with it. Um, and thank you all for joining us for another episode of Strange Flavors. Join us next time when we talk to another stranger with another flavor. <laughs>